Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Crow. Uh, duh. No, I'm not. I'm Rooster. And yes. this is Crow. Yes, yes, quite. <laughs> Fuck. Um, it's been a while, man. I mean, it feels like it, doesn't it? I mean, I know it's been like two weeks. Well, you forgot week. your own name. Yeah, it's been a while. I did. I forget my own name all the time. <laughs> so, um, anyway, Rooster here with Crow. Uh, we... Um, we had a topic we sort of hinted at last time, but before we get to that one, I want it because I think that'll be fun. I want to talk about the caravan that's thousands of miles away on Election Day. And here we are, what, today, as we record, this is Black Friday. So people are out going crazy in stores trying to buy $30 trinkets. And the caravan... As is, if their life depends on it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and the caravan has been parked outside of the... Of the uh, gates of San Diego, more or less, and Tijuana. Yeah, Tijuana really loves them, man. Oh, yeah, they do. Did you see the mayor of Tijuana is wearing a uh, Make Tijuana Great Again hat? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fake the first time I saw it. I thought somebody did, you know, like um, Photoshop that. Maybe it is. I, okay. I mean, I saw it on the internet, so it, it could be just as well yeah. fake as real. But I believe it, though. But there are people out there going, Donald Trump was right. This is an invasion. Yeah. But yeah. the mayor of Tijuana says they're not going to – he goes, we're not paying for these people. And uh, they don't want to go home. Well, they've been – millions of dollars have been paid to transport them, to feed them, to, to – uh, Allegedly. Yeah, uh, it, it, not allegedly. It's true. You cannot have that many people move from point A to point B uh, without a huge amount of money and logistics involved. Allegedly. <laughs> not even going to say Allegedly. So it's just a matter of who's involved, and it's probably a bunch of deep state, you know, American bullshit, you know, these uh, leftist organizations and uh, umbrella companies and all that kind of shit. And so, why would companies that sell umbrellas have anything to do with it? Uh, yeah. So, anyways, um, I think uh, it's funny that you know, former President Obama was up there saying. What are they worried about these people for? They're thousands of miles away. I can't do that stupid whistling S that he did. Then I'm so glad he's not around <laughs> anymore. But, uh, yeah, he's just so smugly sitting there saying, oh, they're thousands of miles away. They're never going to be a problem. And within a week, they're in Tijuana, just causing all sorts of shit. And there was one they were, you know, they were giving these people. I mean, they're not obligated to feed these people and everything, but they had some humanitarian relief effort giving them. Uh, refried beans and tortillas and stuff. And one of these people goes, she said, uh, look at the food they give us. This is like dog food, but we have to eat it or we'll starve. Oh, my God. Again, that's that's almost as much irony as Don Lemon and his white people terrorist yeah. things. Well, what I heard is that uh, they offered to house and, f and feed people. Um, and some of the migrants did go. Uh, take them up on that offer like some of the women and with children did that but then what was left behind was the majority of them which are fighting age working age men young men and they refused they said no we're, we're gonna camp out here on the beach or whatever and, and raise havoc and then the local citizens are like fuck this noise and they start showing up yelling at them and saying get the fuck out of here go back home you know we don't want you here it's gonna go bad mm -hmm. that's gonna go bad soon well i mean trump still we still have um uh, military reserve on the border right yeah um and then he's been doubling down as far as i know on his rhetoric saying that hey you know they're if they get attacked they can respond with force well mattis says they don't have guns though really yeah seems kind of pointless then i don't know if that's true i don't either i don't know if they have guns on them but i bet they could get to them pretty quick really fast yeah yeah i and people say well we don't know that it's uh it's all just men go to go to msnbc Go to CNN, watch the videos they're showing, hit pause, count them. Yeah. It's mostly men. Mostly in the... They do their damnedest to obfuscate all that by not showing big like swaths of crowd 
uh, um, video or, or, or pictures, they'll, they'll, they'll focus in and say, Oh, there's a woman, there's a child. That's where we're going to focus, focus in. And they try their damnness, but they can't. I mean, it's just too damn obvious. So, yeah. And I understand that those are probably the ones who can make the trip easiest and, uh, they're looking for work, but at the same time, they're also the ones who are most likely to commit crime. And there's, there's obviously going to be, uh, violent people in, in this, there's going to be criminals, not only the fact that they're planning on, you know, criminally entering our uh, sovereign state, but they're, they're going to, they're criminals from where they're coming from too, or, or they've committed crimes along the way. Well, so. according to DHS, there's uh up to 500. There's yeah. gang members. There's all kinds of stuff going on here. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm willing to say it's not even the majority. doesn't but, matter. But why should we have to take them in? Right. I hate this idea that just because, you know, somebody wrote something cute on the Statue of Liberty, we have to accept everybody. Right. I, and again, I know you and I disagree. I'm fine with accepting immigrants. Come to the port of entry, identify yourself, say, I want to become a citizen, not here for asylum because asylum gives them refugee status and they get, they get benefits that way. We shouldn't be doing that. If, if you want to do that and you want to come here and take jobs, Great. But that's not what they want to do. They just want to show up. And this idea that because they show up in a mass that we're just going to go, ah, uncle. What are you going to do? And let them in. Let them in. <laughs> and try, try anywhere else. Mexico should have stopped them when they started coming in from Honduras and Nicaragua and Guatemala. They should have stopped them on their southern border. But they let them march all the way through. And now they're going, shit, this is going to be a problem. Well, you've seen, have you seen, that was a few months ago, the, there's, Canada was having a problem with for some reason, they were coming from America into Canada, um, like bypass for some reason, bypassing our welfare system to go because they heard Canada's was better, I guess. So <clears throat> there's videos or pictures of their Border Patrol helping them ferry their luggage. Like you'd see the Border Patrol, oh Canada God. people carrying luggage for people like, oh, come on across. It's like, oh, my God, how, how sad your, your people don't appreciate that. Your citizens are not appreciating what you're doing here. Well, I, I showed you this thing um, from the mayor of, uh, is it the mayor of Quebec? No. I, I'm not sure. Uh, it says local mayor refuses to, rem it's in Canada. It's in Quebec, but I don't know what. Yeah, which province which, or. Yeah, which it's a Montreal know. suburb. So he says, it's a little bit long, but I think it's a good point. He goes, local mayor refuses to remove pork from school canteen menu and explains why. Muslim parents have demanded the abolition of pork in a school, in the school canteens, cafeterias, in English, uh, of a Montreal suburb. It seems, it seems it is offensive to Muslim families and shows much disrespect. The mayor of the Montreal suburb Dorval, or Dorval, uh, or in French, uh, has refused, and the town clerk sent a note to all parents in the municipality to explain why. The following is what the note stated. Muslims must understand that we have, that they have to adapt to Canada and Quebec, its customs, its tradition, and its way of life, life because that is where they chose to immigrate. They must understand that they have to integrate and learn to live in Quebec. They must understand that that is that it is for them to change their lifestyle, not Can not the Canadians who so generously welcomed them. They must understand that Canadians are neither racist nor xenophobic. They accepted many uh, immigrants before Muslims, whereas the reserve was not is not true, and all Muslim states do not accept non-Muslim immigrants. I don't know if that's true, but maybe it is. They must also understand that no more than other nations, Canadians are not willing to give up their identity nor their culture. And if Canada is a and if Canada is a land of welcome, it is not just the mayor of Dorval who sees welcomes foreigners but the canadian uh, it's a french quebecois whatever uh people as a whole finally they must understand that in can can canada quebec with its judeo-christian roots christmas trees churches and religious festivals religion must remain in the private domain therefore the municipality of dorval has the right to refuse any concessions to islam and sharia for muslims who disagree with secularism and do not feel comfortable in canada there are 57 beautiful muslim countries in the world uh most of them <coughs> shitholes most of them underpopulated and ready to receive them with open halal arms in accordance with sharia law if you left your country for canada and not for the other muslim countries is because you have considered that a life in canada 
is better than elsewhere. So ask yourself this question just once. Why is it better here in Canada than where you came from? A canteen with pork is part of the answer. And if you feel the same about this subject, please share. Well, I can give you an answer. Soft invasion. Yeah. I I don't know. That's that's the I mean that's the answer. The answer is, well, why do you come here if this is so much better and you're trying to change what it is about this? If you're fleeing someplace that's shitty to come to and, and our place is has such success and such uh benefits that uh, it's worth coming here and you want to change that, that's a soft invasion. I see and again, we disagree on this. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a master plan to invade western countries. I think it's just a huge entitlement. They think well, you know, we've seen European countries knuckle under to this and say, oh, well, yeah, let's not put bacon in the store or, Jesus, at Target, if there's, I've had uh, um, a Muslim woman ringing me out, you know, when you're buying your stuff, they have to call somebody else to to ring the bacon out. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's, come on. It's, or alcohol too, same thing. Mm-hmm. They won't do it. And so I think they've had too many people just give in to them on all this stuff. And they think, yeah, they don't have to. I don't really think it's a master plan to invade the West. I think it's just a bunch of self-entitled oh, think, jackasses. I think there's some globalists that are have a, There's all kinds of plans around the world to spread globalism for, for the purpose of having a controllable population. Yeah, people say that's tinfoil hatty, but whatever. I would agree with that. I think there's some people... Who think, you know, we shouldn't have borders. And- right. And the globalists, this part of their plan. And uh, Islam does teach that, that you know, I mean, that's the whole thing is just to spread Islam is submit. So that's what uh, what Sharia means. So. Yeah. And I've I got a buddy who I've talked to this before. He's he knows all the stuff he teaches, uh, teaches the stuff in college. And uh, the word submit doesn't really doesn't really translate. So there's a lot of Muslim apologists who say it means submit when really it means more like surrender. Yeah, I mean, yeah, half a dozen one, six of the other. But uh, I, yeah, I come off as a Islamophobic. I hate that word because I'm well. I, this a phobic stuff is just drives me crazy. I don't like Islam as a religion. I think it's a bad religion. I think uh, if you want to sec- sec- secularize it like other religions great fine those pe- those people that are muslim that are sec- secular i'm having trouble saying that secularized um fine i don't have a problem with that but if you are a muslim that enters a, a western european country and you decide or you agree with sharia or you agree with all the the old school tenets of islam you you are not compatible with the western culture society anglo european culture it's not compatible so is that Islamophobic? Do I fear Islam? Eh, I mean, yeah, I fear what would happen if all of a sudden the populations of all these Western countries were saturated with people from countries that are Sharia compliant and Islamic based and, and, and what would happen? Yeah, I do fear that. That's not a good thing because it would lead to violence. The only part on the phobic thing that I'll agree with, that I won't agree with you on is the homophobia because we're both homopho- we're both terrified, literally terrified of gay people. I know that every time one of our gay friends shows up, we run screaming. Yeah. I'm, Stand up on our chair and do our little it's a mouse dance, you know, <laughs> because they are terrifying. Terrifying. Yes. Yes. So, Monstrous almost. Yes. I mean, awful. Uh, yeah. They scare me. When I was a kid, I used to fear things under my bed. It wasn't monsters. It was gays. The gays <laughs> were under my bed. It's just, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, That's yeah, dumb. Kevin, Kevin Pollack, the comedian had a great joke about that years ago where he said, and again, I don't agree with this idea of homophobia. He goes, I don't know why I was I was so nervous about him. He goes, it's not like the king of the homosexuals was going to knock on my door and say, we took a vote. We chose you. <laughs> you know. And I'll tell you what. If uh, for some reason I got sent to prison and, uh, you know, I was in the shower and I got surrounded by a bunch of dudes. Yeah, I'd probably be afraid of getting butt fucked. <laughs> but that's not homophobia. <laughs> that's prison sexophobia. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> and I would be terrified. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no thanks. Um, well, I just hope that uh, um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her seven branches of government can get this <laughs> problem figured out. <laughs> Did you hear her? Did you see that clip? That I, she posted on, like, I heard, yeah, heard about it. Yeah, she posted it. I don't know if it's Instagram or Twitter or whatever, but she said, we have to take back all three branches of Congress. Yeah. <laughs> and then she tried to correct it. 
and then said say it was like the three branches of government the the house the senate and the and the executive she left the judicial out of it i saw a, a meme but she but she missed a bunch of other ones like the experimental uh you know and there's all, all kinds that. of memes out now yeah. that show her face in black and white and then just put a rid- ridiculous quote next to her and it's it's getting to be a big thing like one of them i think it was like um capitalism is man taking from man socialism is the opposite yeah or something stupid like that it's like it's people are, are now just basically equating the stupidest quotes to her now and it's becoming a meme or like uh it's just anything everything's gonna believe she said everything stupid that has been said is going to be uh, equated to her which is funny well there are like seven branches of government aren't there i said there's so there's the executive the legislative the judicial there's mm-hmm. the experimental there's the residential um space force yeah space force yeah. oh not yet that's going to be the eighth one okay and it's going to be huge Huge. So did you hear what Neil deGrasse Tyson said about the Space Force? He goes, not a bad idea. Hmm. Surprising. Said, no, he said, um, he said they said the same thing when we were going to get an Air Force. It's like, but you're going to use planes in warfare? This is stupid. So, yeah, they said the same thing when we were making an Air Force. And he goes, look, the technology is there. We should start thinking about it. Well, it's, it is. It wouldn't be like an Air Force. I mean. No, but he's talking about, he goes, there are satellites all over the place up there. And pretty soon, somebody's going to make a hunter-killer satellite. And he said, who's going to be in charge of that? Yeah, you got to have somebody specific or a, a, a part of the government that's set up so that it's not there's no confusion as to who decides what to do about what, when. Yeah, so he said a space force is not a bad idea. Yeah. He did say the name was a little ridiculous, but... I think it's cool. It, it does sound very space ghosty. <laughs> space force! <laughs> so, yeah, Cortez just keeps making herself look dumber all the time. Yep. She's, uh, I, I didn't see that quote about the socialism is the opposite thing. Yeah, I think it was probably even stupider than, I, I I probably made it smarter than it was. The quote's pretty damn funny. It was basically the exact same. It wasn't even, there wasn't any uh, room for saying that maybe she meant this or meant that. It's just stupid. So I'll look it up. The but. the best memes I've seen lately are, did you see the ones Nick Searcy was doing? The Gosnell director and actor? Uh, Not lately, no. He was the uh, West Coast Chopper guys, or OCC, Orange County Chopper mm-hmm. guys. He was doing the thing where it's like the five-panel deal where they're fighting and yelling at each other. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Paulie throws a chair. Yeah. and Yeah, it was like, <laughs> they're, uh, it's like, you should get off Twitter, but there's still idiots here. You know, I'm telling mom. It's, <laughs> oh, they were pretty funny. Yeah, if you haven't seen him, look up Nick Searcy's page on Facebook. He's got a bunch of them on there. Oh, uh, Twitter, too. Yeah, well, so I didn't see him there. So it's mostly I. I don't check Twitter all that often, but uh, seriously, does a lot of tweeting. So. Yeah, he's pretty funny. All right, did you want to talk? Uh, yeah, we want to talk a uh, sex robot brothel. So when you told me this before the last time, I was like, "You're kidding, right?" Because we'll we'll list like five or six topics that we want to talk about, and then Crow will throw one out there, and I'm like, "Really?" He goes, "No, sex brothel. It's real." Robot sex brothel. Robot brothel. So I've got two. uh, There's one uh, article here from Breitbart. uh, It's about sex robot brothels. Hate speech. Gaining popularity in in Europe. And then there's one for USA Today. It says, proposed sex robot brothel blocked by Houston government. Quote, we are not Sin City. How is, I don't understand how fucking a toaster is a sin. I don't think I don't think there's anything in the Bible about fucking inanimate objects. I don't think you fuck a toaster. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, there is in the Bible. Inanimate or in, no, it's inanimate. In the... Inanimate. I, I know a spilling seed. I, I suppose that could uh, yeah it's cover everything, right? Yeah, okay. pretty much. Well, I don't know if you could cover everything with it. But <laughs> <laughs> so, you'd have to be pretty backed up. So we'll do that. the we'll do the Breitbart one about Europe first. We'll talk about that. <clears throat> But yeah, but seriously, even as a person who considers themselves like a, a sort of failing Christian, I would say I'm I'm not really going to use the Bible as as a uh, as my ultimate authority of what's good and what's right. I mean, you know, there's some stuff in there that I don't know that I I think you it's a great parable. I heard a a priest one time say that someone asked him about contradictions in the Bible and everything. And he goes, "Look, God doesn't write books." So, I mean, the whole spilling seed thing, I'm not going to say it's sinful just because it says it in there. Right. All right. So this is by Charlie Nash, Breitbart. It says, the world's first sex robot brothel is currently in talks to expand globally 
while an Austrian brothel has claimed that its own sex doll is now more popular with clients than real women. So Luma Dolls, which opened the world's first sex robot brothel in Barcelona, Spain earlier this year, has now expressed interest in opening franchises in other countries. Uh, Here's a quote. We are still negotiating with interested investors, but we have not yet closed any deals. And that's a spokesman for a company. Customers choose the Lumidol with which they want to spend the time that they determine. They call us to make your reservation. So basically, this isn't really a brothel, this one, these Lumidols. What they do is they kind of like rent to try, rent to buy kind of thing where you can give give them a try. You can test drive them? You can test drive them before you decide to buy them because I think they go anywhere from $3,000 to $5,000 or something like that. So, uh, yeah, so customers who pay between $87 and $108 for up to an hour with the dolls are given the addresses of a location secretly. Each doll reportedly has its own personality and attributes. Uh, Last week, the Daily Star also reported that an Austrian brothel's most popular prostitute was now a sex doll, so I guess they have a regular brothel that has sex dolls as part of the lineup, along with real women. Wow. Yeah. So, um, Fanny, who costs around 80 euros to rent at the brothel for an hour, is advertised to clients as a flexible always abiding and realistic doll that they can do anything with. Is it because she's got a big butt? So why they call her Fanny? On the Bravo's website, Fanny reportedly introduces herself and explains details to clients in first person. Hi, I am Fanny, a Japanese silicon doll. Does she do it with like really bad ventriloquism lips? I, well, I'm like, just I'm reading, I'm reading quotes here. Kind of like this. Oh, wait, wait. Here, here's what she says. Hi, I'm Fanny, a Japanese silicone doll, she declares. After each use, I am thoroughly clean and disinfected. Which is better than a lot of prostitutes. True. (laughs) The Bravo's operator, that's in quotations, refuses to go into details on how the doll is cleaned, adding, I think that nobody wants to know about that question. (laughs) Well, I think the next guy in line wants to know. (sighs) (laughs) Who wants that job, by the way? Oh, God, I don't know. Oh, here we go. This is interesting. In April, a Chinese engineer married a sex robot that he created himself after becoming frustrated over failing to find a girlfriend. Uh, While in a Breitbart tech interview with Futurologist, that's what they call it, Dr. Ian Pearson last year, the doctor predicted that sex and love with robots would soon become full emotional and increasingly common. I think it will be fully emotional, claimed Dr. Pearson, before predicting that people will eventually spend about the same they do today on a decent family-sized car for a household robot. So Weird. Uh, a couple more quotes from this guy. Artificial intelligence is reaching human levels and also becoming emotional as well, he explains. So people will actually have quite strong emotional relationships with their own robots. In many cases, that will develop into a sexual one because they'll already think that the appearance of the robot matches their preference anyway. So if it looks nice and has a superb personality too, it's inevitable that people will form very strong emotional bonds with their robots. And in many cases, that will lead to sex. Robot sex. So pretty cool yeah so just spin this out a ways well i mean the normal thing like say you discover some attachment to uh to a a sex doll like this right and at some point you go i think i'd like to have kids what are you gonna do make some kids with who you build them (laughs) (laughs) at home printer boom (laughs) it goes 3d print some kids right yeah, I don't know if they grow, though, you know? I mean, every so often you you, you smash one up and reuse the parts and make a bigger one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think you should have kids. This is pretty funny here. Uh, in March, Breitbart Tech reported on a sex robot that includes a working artificial G-spot. And just months prior, Real Doll also revealed their plans to create more realistic sex dolls with customizable personalities. Um, earlier this month, a report was published that attempted to discuss the issues related with the rise of sex robots, including social isolation, love, prostitution, and pedophilia. Now, this is kind of an interesting subject to, to breach. Not so funny that what? part of this sex robot thing could be guys that have an inclination to do deviant or or abusive shit. That would this help stop them or curb their impulses? Before we go to that, can we deal with some of the funny stuff? Sure. Okay, so. <clears throat> Did you see the movie Her with Joaquin No, Phoenix? I know it's about, though. It's pretty interesting. I'm going to ruin the movie. Did you see Lars and the Real Doll? No. 
So that actually before came a few years ago, and that's with uh, what's his name from uh, from uh, uh, what's the latest Blade Runner, the latest Blade Runner, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling stars in it. He's dreamy. Yeah. So it's called uh, Lars and the Real Doll, and it's a real doll, and he fall he falls in love with her, treats her like his real girlfriend in the small town, and then the small town kind of like goes along with his delusion. So real doll, as in the brand real doll. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a real doll. It's that's the brand. I mean, it's the, okay. the big and uh, it's a whole movie about uh, him treating her like his girlfriend and the whole town kind of like feeding into the delusion. And well, so in the movie, and again, I'm going to ruin it. So if you haven't seen it and you want to, see, it's a pretty decent movie. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is this guy who writes um, greeting cards, and you know, a lot of them are like uh, for you know, sorry your kid passed away kind of thing, and uh, he's just kind of socially awkward and he's doing. There's a couple bits in it that are really funny, like. He's calling into like um, so it's it's near future stuff. It's probably 2030 ish kind of range. And he'll they have like Tinder for uh, for just sex chat and stuff. And he does up this woman and because you know he's just kind of awkward and he's does up this woman. She goes, hey, yeah, do you want to do this? He's like, yeah, that'd be really cool. And she's like, oh, what are you wearing? What am I wearing? He's like, oh yeah. And she goes, he's like. Yeah, I'm coming. Now punch me in the head. And he's like, what? <laughs> and she's like, okay, thanks. We're done. <laughs> so he finds this operating system for something called her or whatever he calls her. That's Scarlett Johansson's voice that just starts interacting with him. And it's it's really kind of cool, you know, about like she learns about him because AI is so much faster. And then he sort of falls in love with her. He's just talking. He's taking her around on his phone, taking pictures, and he's going on. Yeah, basically going on dates with, with yeah, this that's, just handheld phone yeah. that is a person, uh, AI personality. But it was, she, he, she was really sort of uh, kind of nurturing, and he was sort of coming out of his shell and dealing with people and stuff. And and then he finds out that she's interfacing with a bunch of other people the same way. And he goes, how many? She goes, uh, 372. And he's like, what? And she dumps him. Because she's evolved into something else higher, and now all this AI is off by themselves. So the AIs are dating each other. Yeah, so what are you going to do if you get this real doll or Luma doll or whatever, and you have it just for, you know what, I see, I see a big boom in the uh, studio apartment sort of thing where people are, like, keeping their doll. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honey, I'm going to work. I'm going to be a little right. late. So right. <laughs> swing by and pound the latex doll for a, you know, It'll anyway. just be like a storage locker. Yeah, but it'll be a nice apartment because they'll yeah. want the ambiance yeah, or something. Yeah. Anyway, so and they won't want to feel or, weird. Or a sex dungeon. Yeah, and they won't want to, yeah, all that stuff. It'll be crazy shit like that. But what do they do when the AI, which is smarter than you, just looks at you and goes, God, you're boring. <laughs> and just says, I'm no, I'm not doing this anymore. You could get dumped by your own sex doll. Yeah. Think about that. Eventually that'll happen. The singularity will happen and that'll be the end. There'll be no more up trying to appease humans. Yeah, it'll be all know. about us appeasing them until they until they decide they've got no use for us anymore. I don't know. Game over. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's okay to get into more serious stuff though. So uh, it'd be interesting to see studies, and I kind of tried to look this up a little bit, and I didn't find anything on it where they talk about how if there's a, a guy with a proclivity to be a rapist or proclivity to be an abuser or whatever that. If he if he gets access to one of these things and is able to play out his fantasies on that, would that would that suppress his um, in, uh, his um, instinct to do that in real life, or would that amplify it? I think it escalates. You think? I you know it's like I what think if it was so real though that you couldn't dif- differentiate the the sex robot from a real person? I, I think so. There, there'd be intellectually no, you still can't. There'd be no worry for this guy about getting caught doing something. But illegal. I think that would be sort of the thrill of it after a while. You think so? I think so. I, I don't. I, I don't I'm, know. I don't claim to be a. I'm, yeah, I'm no psychiatrist, but I. I think here's the what would happen, and I, I guess I'd be for this. They would they would rent out these or create these sex robots that are made for guys that might have a proclivity to do this, and they'd have recording software, and they'd have low jacks and all that, and then they find out which these guys are actually beating the shit out of and cutting and all that, and then you just show up with the SWAT team and fuck the guy up. <laughs> I would love that. Be uh, what is it? Pre-crime? I'm all about it. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. Hey, we didn't have to be police. It could just be a corporation. <laughs> you know, dystopian future stuff would be awesome. 
You're a bad human being. But seriously, if you think if you think a guy has um, the inclination to be a rapist, and you go, he's just a rapist waiting to happen, this fucking guy, and you give him access to a sex doll that's just incredibly realistic, and he ends up doing like crazy rapist shit to it, like I want to make sure this thing doesn't acts like it doesn't want me to have sex with it. And then he, you know, forces sex upon it or he does like abusive shit or cutting or, you know, beating it. And, uh, and, but since it's in the privacy of his own home, you never know. What if you do, if it's like back to my thing again, if it's AI and it goes, you know what? I'm not cool with this anymore. It starts beating the shit out of him. That would be awesome. Oh, give him the ability to fight back eventually. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. uh, Teach it Krav Maga. Krav Maga. Yeah. (laughs) But I, 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 it would be interesting to see some sort of study on that if they could figure out how to. Because I know they probably have done studies about um, watching pornography, like like guys watching violent porn. It doesn't stop them from wanting to act that out in real life, as from what I understand. Well, I don't know if I've, I've I've seen lots of studies that, and again, I am no doctor. I mean, the stuff I get is from like listening to people like Doctor Drew talk right. about this, and they said the problem with like porn addictions is is not just they're looking at it, it like escalates. So. They're, they're not saying it necessarily jumps from guys who are, you know, start out just watching porn, then they're into weirder porn, then they're into violent shit, and then they decide to take it on women. They have a whole different column of weird going on. But for the normal person who's not going to be assaulting anyone or anything like that, it's almost like, well, like any drug. You build up some sort of immunity to it, and the same sort of stuff they watched before, you just start watching weirder and weirder shit. Yeah, but don't you at one point come full circle? Where you get to the weirder and weirder, and then you're like, "This doesn't do it for me." And then all of a sudden, you're back around to the. I just, I just want to cuddle. You're back around to the yeah, cuddling to the missionary. You're like, "Oh, this is cool. <laughs> I'm into this." I don't think that's the way it works. No. Although I did hear an interview with a, with a, I don't want to say porn star. She was in, she was in porn. It was on, uh, it was on like HBO's Real Sex or something. And she said they, after a while, after you've shot so much of this stuff, she says your sexual fantasies are like going out on a date with somebody. You know, holding hands and stuff like that. So I don't know. I would imagine that probably would be true, though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so. I my feeling would be that the people who are going to... Because I still think... And you're talking about people who are literally crazy. so And they have all sorts of mental illness. So I don't know. But I would think that those people know right from wrong well enough to know when they're doing wrong. And that they would just jump from those robots to kids or whatever anyway. All right. So, yeah, take it a step darker. There's pedophiles. And uh, you can imagine that if they could create sex robots to to try to treat, um, you know, um, deviant desires, that they would do something for these pedophiles, which I would absolutely be against. Um, once you find out that uh, some fucking dude, some chomo has a proclivity to want to diddle kids, you kill them. That's my that's that's what I'm all about. Well, there's, I remember in like seventh grade reading a story, short story about this guy who was in a, you don't realize it at the time, but he's, he's driving along in a car and, uh, he's been hypnotized and he, he's in this terrible accident and he rams into the back of a car and he sees kids flying and, you know, he survives and then they snap him out of it and they're like, you okay? And he's like, Yeah. All right, whew. And they're like, yeah, you were hypnotized. That's not real. And they go, would you still like to take your driver's license test? And he goes, yeah, that'd be good. And they grab him. They're like, um, no, we're going to put you in a mental institution because no person should see that and be like, yeah, cool, I'm good, let's do it. Yeah, at least right away. Yeah, so it was a real sort of, uh, um, it was kind of a dark kind of a dark story, but it was it was interesting. Do you watch Black Mirror at all? No. There's an episode of Black Mirror. Pretty, I mean, some episodes are just worthless, but a lot of it's pretty interesting. And uh, is it a serial or is it an episodic thing? It's episode. They're uh, uh, standalone episodes, but okay. there's sometimes there's some linking. There's some linking things between the episodes. Kind of interesting, but um, it's about it's about usually near future dystopian technology kind of things. And some of them actually have good endings, and some are very dark endings. But there's one that was a pretty good episode, entertaining, interesting about uh, some guy who. Um, his computer gets hacked and the camera gets turned on while he's jerking to porn. Right. And some younger guy and they use it to blackmail him. And it's a, it's like a, an organization or it's kind of a, it's not just a person hacking him. It's like a kind of a conspiracy and they do this to a bunch of people. 
and they get these people involved in increasingly more and more illegal or, or crazy situations where they have to deliver this package to this person at a certain time. And if you don't, we'll transmit this video to all your friends and social media. And so you're going along as this guy's kind of like freaking out. He's like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. And it's, it's escalating, but he's, you know, at one point he has to rob a bank, stuff like that. And, uh, you're starting to feel bad for this guy. He's like, God, yeah, at this what point we just go, fuck it. Just get it out there and get it over with, you know? And you're like, why isn't he at this point? You know, I, I'm not going to rob a bank, get the information out there. It can't be any worse. Well, you come to find out at the end, he was looking at child porn. Oh, so what they do is they, and I, this is what made me mad about this episode is I was actually identifying with this guy beforehand, right? Yikes. Because that's what, that was the intent of this oh. was to get you to identify with him. And then you find out at the end that it was it was it was like child porn that he and you're like what the fuck, so they were sitting there in this whole fucking episode trying to get me to empathize with this fucking chomo, and you find out that is is that the whole point? You go well, you know everybody in this and that, and you know you got to look through other other people's eyes and like fuck this, that fucking annoyed me. It made me mad. Yeah. So and I don't I'd like to find out specifically what the intention of that episode was, because it felt to me like they were trying to. There was like a little bit of that normalization thing going on or like, like, uh, the social, um, um, what's the term, uh, uh, cultural Marxism where, mm. where there's no truth. There's only, and no morality. The morality is what is set by the current society. There's no set morality. It's just based on however many people decide what's moral. And I think some of that cultural Marxism was part of this black mirror has that kind of bent to it. It's a very socially progressive and liberal kind of show because it's BBC not BBC, but it's British. And there's a lot of that going on there. And I'm thinking part of that was that they were trying to make you kind of empathize and think, well, maybe they do need to be empathized with. And I didn't fall for it. I said, fuck this show. See, I, I wouldn't have taken it that way. I wouldn't think they'd be trying to moralize it because, well, make it acceptable because I just can't accept that anyone would think it's acceptable. There are articles. Little, there are articles that I, have come out lately that have been trying to do that. I know, and there's that whole Nambla thing. Nambla's been around forever, and there's the people who are like, "Well, the Greeks and Romans did it," and blah blah. I, you know, whatever. I just, I'm not. My mind's not willing to go there. I just look at it like, as you were telling me that, I'm like, maybe that's just meant to blow your mind at the end. Yeah, it shocked I would, me. It I did would, shock me. I would, in watching this, I would empathize with the guy. Yeah. I'd be like, oh shit, you know, and and then I'd be like. When I heard that he was, uh, you know, doing a child porn, I'd be like, oh, kill him. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, at, at the end, eventually they make him kill somebody, I think. Like, he has to decide whether or not he's going to kill the guy or save. I can't remember exactly how it goes because, actually, I was so off-put by the revelation that I actually don't even remember how it ended. I think it put me off so much. But I'm like, fuck this show. Well, I was uh, listening to an interview with Burt Kreischer. Well, before I mention that if this if if that happened to you i mean not the child porn part but somebody got a picture of you jerking a porn on your right computer or something and they're like oh we're gonna send this out you're like fuck it go ahead yeah you know who doesn't <laughs> yeah well remember when david letterman got busted for cheating with that woman and he they were like oh they were trying to blackmail him and he just went right on his show and he goes yeah you're gonna hear about this this guess what this happened uh this woman had uh the poor judgment to mess around with me basically. And he goes, and he just owned the whole thing and everyone was like, it just went away. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, yeah. I mean, you'd Increas have to, increasingly that kind of stuff's not going to work because it would be embarrassing, but you'd have to be something like, you know, I wish the lighting would have been better. My face is kind of weird, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean that kind of thing. But so when Burt Kreischer was talking, they were, he was on Tom Segura and Tom Segura's wife's podcast, um, uh, your mom's house. It's actually pretty decent. But they were, uh, they got on the subject of porn and he said, I'm, as I get older, he goes, I have to watch older and older people in porn. He goes, <laughs> sounds like Gavin McGinnis. Cause he's got he's girls. Like... He's and my girls oh, are like, yeah. you know, and, uh, I don't, I don't have girls, but I mean, if, if I ever saw any that was like, oh, barely legal 18, I'm like, nah, move on. Oh yeah. You know? I remember being in Mexico. God, 12, 15 years ago, we're on the bus going back from the bars and stuff. And there's a bunch of teenage girls that are getting on the bus too. I mean, they're doing their spring break thing. And that was back when, uh, you know, the G strings hanging out of your jeans were like, that was the look. And I swear a couple of these girls must've been like 16 years old. And I just want to go up and be like, you should put some clothes on. Yeah. You know? Well, I've done that too. Where you, where you, 
yeah, you, you go. The first moment when the I first thing like, I think is some guy's going to perv on you. Put some damn clothes on. Yeah. 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 So. And 15 years before that, you would have been like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> What's normal. Yeah. So. so. All right. So one more thing about that real quick. Let's do some table topics. Well, it's the okay. same, same t- subject. Uh, so we want to, that was Europe. So this is, there's another article that says, uh, this is from USA Today, uh, Joel Shannon, proposed sex robot brothel blocked by Houston government. And, uh, in quotes, it says, we are not Sin City. City Council of Houston, Texas, unanimously passed an updated ordinance Wednesday that effectively blocks a pr- proposed sex robot brothel from opening. A uh, Canadian company that o- already operates adult love dolls that you rent before you buy service in Toronto had hoped to open a location in Houston. Um, and they even started construction before running into permit issues that halted the work. The company, Kinky's Dolls, sells and rents human-like dolls that can cost more than 3000 each. So the pri- prior to the council's vote, locals had organized to express their concerns. A petition speaking out against the business gained more than 10,000 signatures. Uh, it says, and here's a quote, A business like this would destroy homes, families, finances of our neighbors, and cause major community uproars in the city, said Pastor Vega, one of the speakers at the meeting. Yeah, you're taking you're taking a step too far there, buddy. <laughs> you know what though? It, I mean, it might might very well be true, just like gambling does, just like drinking does, and all that stuff. But again, I'm I'm a free market capitalist. Well, think about what's going on in China right now. It's it's hor- young men in China. There's so many of them that have no prospects of of getting um, in a relationship with a woman because the the, there ra- aren't any the women. ratio is so bad. Yeah, because they were because they were murdering basically. Um, allegedly aborting and murdering female babies um or just giving them up to uh to uh orphanages so um so these poor guys are going to go through their lives incels involuntary celibates and uh what about giving them sex robots to actually you know make their lives a little more enjoyable i i guess i wouldn't oppose that well the japanese in world war ii had korean comfort women yeah they they kidnapped when they invaded korea they took the they kidnapped the women and they were basically just used as Sex, yeah, sex slaves, slaves for the soldiers. So instead of having these get these guys either go crazy and which is what some of them do, they go crazy and they become these, you know, um, like the dudes that go around stabbing a bunch of kids. You'd hear about in China all the mm-hmm. weird, weird guys that just flip out. It's like well, maybe if they had a realistic, you know, sex doll, and maybe that would keep their keep them from flipping out. I don't know. It'd be nice to find out. You know, I when I said earlier, I think that it might accelerate and everything i was just thinking about you see those um i'm sure you probably have those uh punching dummies the slam mans or whatever it's like a guy's torso and it's like a real square jawed looking dude um i don't think hitting one of those things probably makes you feel like going out and punching a bunch of people i imagine it's probably fairly therapeutic i i just i just like the idea of it's it's uh you can practice uppercuts on them because like on a regular heavy bag yeah, you can't really do uppercuts on a heavy bag, and you could like maybe wrap a tire around it, and that kind of simulates it. But with that guy, you can actually practice that that good uh, uppercut. Yeah, but can't you see like somebody just sort of like some nevish little guy like going, "All right, man, you looked at me the wrong way," and this time Especially you're going to get you. it. Yeah, hey, four eyes, <laughs> give me your lunch money. There we go. All right, let's do a table topic or two. Open up the Lucite brick here. So, Rooster, how has your taste in clothes changed over the years? Don't you mean crow? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was fucking up the names today. You were fucking up the big words. Yeah. Well, at least you have an excuse. I'm, I'm drinking. Trying to, you're, trying to say, you're trying to say a bunch of big words. I fucked up Rooster and Crow. And I'm drinking uh, 90 shilling ale so from Adele Brewing. So that's my excuse. Cool. And that can's empty. Did you hear that? That's yeah. an empty can hit the table. So, um, the... Uh, how has my taste in clothes changed over the years? I don't know. It, Did well, you wear Zubas? No, but I have this overarching uh, theme of uh, being poorly dressed. How's that? No, like I flubby. Uh, just like probably three years behind every fashion trend. So I uh, I change uh, styles like, or I used to change styles like uh, every probably year. You change on a daily basis, though, and and, uh, and I've got so many clothes because I hate get rid of clothes because I don't change weight really or size ever. So I've got clothes that are like probably twenty years old that I've never thrown out that I'm eventually going to go back around to wearing. So a bunch of us give crow shit because every time we see you, you look different. Well, not lately. Not lately. No, not in like the last year, but before that, you'd like 
show up in your biker boots and your biker jacket and your hair slicked back with your aviators on. Then the next time you'd show up looking like fucking Pablo Escobar. <laughs> time after that, you're like Western shirt, rugged outdoor guy. Like, are you in the witness protection program? So Yeah, I don't know what that's well, all about. Then, then, you'd, then you'd shave your beard and then you'd grow it back and then you'd grow like some fucking shitty beard. You know, some Duck Dynasty looking thing. Yeah, I can grow a beard pretty quick, so I, I can change my, my beard styles pretty fast. Yeah, and then there are a couple times you attacked your head with a Flobie <laughs> and just like down to nothing. It's like, are you a skinhead? Well, yeah, sometimes the Flobie doesn't work quite like you expect and you have to just take her down all yeah. the way. <laughs> just gotta go all the way. Yeah. So, yeah, no, you you change a lot. Yeah, I, the thing is, I've never been part of a trend guy, though. I met, like, like, when I was younger, when Zubas were briefly in, those are those, if any, nobody knows what Zubas are, they were like these, like, parachute pants kind of thing and they had multiple crazy colors they had sports teams emblems on on them they were ugly as shit late 90s early 80s zebra striped yeah uh venice beach workout guy pants and everybody wore them yeah and i never was the guy that was in into whatever trend was going on i'd I'd probably be like a few years behind or a few years ahead you know i think in high school i had i was one of the only guys that was wearing like an actual biker jacket like a leather biker i paid like a shitload of money for like one of the biggest purchases i made in high school you know like a real one you know like i can't remember how much i think it was like 400 i gotta tell your skiing story Mm, yes no yes yeah okay so crow goes out skiing you're not a skier no i was getting i was i was getting decent someday i'm gonna tell your surfer story too so he goes out he's telling me this story he's like yeah so i'm out skiing and uh, my brother sort of tries to outdo me by, he was like daring you to take this jump or whatever. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So he, he goes over this jump, total yard sale, right? Stuff all over the place. Yeah, ass over tea kettle. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, but I had my biker jacket on and I landed on my knife. And Which was laced up in the side. Yeah, so, you know, laced up that, like that, this is cruel, like in that pocket where you stick your knife in the biker jacket where it laces up in the side. And he's telling this story to a couple of us. And we're like, whoa, back up. <laughs> yeah. We don't know anything about knives being laced up into biker jackets. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's what you do with them. So anyway, I landed funny on my ribs and it hurt. And I woke up and I, or I got up and I like passed out from the pain or something like that. Yeah, and I cracked like, my pelvis. I'm like, <laughs> like landing on the, on, the, on the hilt of a knife. like, go back to the part where you have a knife laced up in your and, jacket. And you're wearing a biker jacket skiing. Skiing. Were you like... <laughs> Were you thinking someone's going to cut in front of you in line at the chairlift or something? Honestly, I forgot I had it there. So when I got the jacket, I'm like, that's a perfect spot to sh- to, to lace up my knife sheath. So I well, did. <laughs> we're going to a, one of Crow's friends and I and Crow are going to a, an MMA thing one time. Just a thing in a local arena here. And we're standing in line for the security thing and they're wanding people in front of us. And Crow goes, shit. Do you think they'll find my knife? <laughs> like, what? You have a knife? And your buddy's like, you didn't bring it. You brought it with you? And you're like, yeah, shit. I'm going to go put it back in the truck. Yeah. We had to sit there and wait while you took your fucking knife back. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. This well, is like. I've I, done that with guns. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's escalated. Yeah. <laughs> I went to a play once. And I'm like, they're not going to fucking check for guns. Sure <laughs> shit. They were fucking patting people down going into a watch a fucking play. Well, they didn't want you to shoot the president or I something. Yes. Like, like there's going to be some fucking uh, gang shit going on at a play. Yeah. You jump from the balcony and yell the South Shore yeah. Rise again. Or so whatever. I had to actually go out and, and uh, yeah, I hop on my motorcycle and drive back home and. Take the gun off, and but now I just refuse to go places that don't allow you to be armed. So, so no sporting events for me. Darn, no sports <laughs> ball for Crow. <coughs> okay, let's do another one. All right, all right, Rooster. Is the best kind of vacation relaxing and doing nothing, or sightseeing yes. and doing everything? Uh, relaxing and doing nothing, or doing some sightseeing. I don't want one of those vacations. It's like packed full of shit you have to do all the time. I guess I, it depends on, on the type. I, if I'm going somewhere I've never been that has all kinds of stuff to do, I want to get in as much of that shit as I can. If it's a vacation, like a long weekend, I just want to relax. Like I'll go to a cabin. I don't want to chop wood for the fire. I just want to chill or, or, you know, go out in the boat and I don't want to make a big deal out of it. But if it's someplace 
that's meant for like a I can't think of anything off the top of my head uh, like Dis- not, less Disney World or whatever when you're younger I, I wanted to get as much as possible you know I didn't want to spend a day relaxing I wanted to because you know, then you feel like you're missing out yeah for me Disney is like uh, trying to uh, think of something better than Disney uh, uh, um, Vegas Vegas is a good example going to Vegas I don't go to Vegas to chill in my hotel room or in the hot tub. I go to Vegas to go and hit as many um, all you can be all you can eat buffets and 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 uh, shows and all that kind of shit like the 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 shows off off the main um, right. But Vegas is the kind of place you say I want to go somewhere where I do everything. Yeah, so I'll go to Vegas. I'm like my wife and I went to Hawaii a couple times, and uh, like we went to Maui, which has a lot of stuff to do. But, you know, you're there for five days. I don't mind waking up a couple days, eating breakfast, and going out and just laying by the pool all day. But then still I want to go do the helicopter tour and all that stuff. You know, go to some of the local shops and drive around the coast and check out a lot of the beaches. And I just don't want to do it every day. I don't want to be like, we get there on Monday and our schedule is packed until Friday. Because I need a day where I'm just like, I don't want to do anything. So Yeah, I think I've had that happen. I went to the Florida Keys at one point and I... Like, yeah, you spend a couple of days doing all kinds of stuff, and then you just have that one day where you have to kind of, like, relax and decompress. I'm not a, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? Yeah. What are you going to do now kind of guy. I'm just, I'm not. I remember, it wasn't too long after I uh, got married, my wife was working a second job, and she she went to go do that on the weekend. And I got up, and I woke up at, like, 9, and I wanted to watch this Twins game. It was on at noon. So I'm on the couch watching the Twins game. She's getting ready to go, and she goes, what are you what are you gonna do today? I'm like, you're looking at it. <laughs> like it's Saturday, I'm gonna sit here, I'm gonna watch this game. So. Right. Well, I mean, we have a couple subjects we can get into, but we're running up on time. I think uh real quick one though, yeah. before we finish up. Yeah, did yeah. you hear Gavin McGinnis quit the Proud Boys? Yeah, I did. So Gavin McGinnis, if nobody knows, he is a kind of comedic commentator. Uh he a right, shit starter. Yeah, he used to be on on Rebel um the Rebel, which is a YouTube um uh, Canadian YouTube Rebel uh, Media, yeah, news yeah. news media kind of organization, and uh, and then he was on Fox for a while as a as a commentator, talking head and Fox, and he was on Red Eye quite a bit. Pretty funny guy, um, very. Uh, uh, he started Vice. He's a funny version of Milo Yiannopoulos. Yeah, so he he um, is controversial. Um, he's he's a pro Western chauvinist. He calls himself. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, believes there's specific roles for men and women, you know, if there's, you know, this egalitarian in, stuff in general, in general. Yeah. He's um, not like a women have to be barefoot and pregnant. No, he, he, one of his jokes or one of his things is, uh, that, uh, you know, women, women should have the right to vote, but should they, <laughs> it's one of those kind of things. Well, he, he trolls people on that stuff. Yeah. But his serious point was, you know, women have this idea that, you know, I'm empowered. I can do all this. And he said they want, and Jordan Peterson, I know I reference him all the time, but he's got a good point that even very successful women get to a point in their early thirties and go, yeah, I'm good. And again, we're talking in general, say, I think I want to have kids. And they sort of stop that career path. Gavin's point was feminists really beat up on those women and say, why, why would you do that? You can do it all. You can have it all. And the women either say, no, I can't. Or, Yes, I can, and they're miserable. Mm-hmm. Or they say, "Why should I have to? Why should I? Why should I have to do that?" Um, and he's all for that. He's like, "Science shows that men who work and are successful at work are generally happier than men who stay at home with kids, and women who don't work and raise their kids are generally happier." And he says flat out, he goes, "Women are better people than men. That's just they are." Yeah, so he, he says that like in, in raising kids, there's different roles that the parents take for that, and it's not it's not the same. You know, you can't have two women or two men raising kids and have the same dynamic as a male and a female dynamic in a family. He's just he's he's very conservative that way, but he's funny about it, and he's and he's uh, like you said, a, a pretty big troll too. His best the thing that made him famous though really was his video on how to fight a baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was so. If you haven't seen it, you have to watch yeah. it. Gavin McGinnis, how to fight a baby, and it was. 
his kid was probably what? It was like toddler age, maybe one or two or something like that. Like 18 months or whatever. And he's doing, you know, dad stuff. Rough housing. Like grabbing him and like he goes, and this is how you flip him. And he like flips the kid over, but he's holding him. Yeah, yeah. Drops him onto a mattress on a pillow and stuff. Like a pile driver or something. Yeah, and then the kid jumps on his head and... All that, and he's like, "Yeah, you got to watch out because they fight dirty, so you got to cut their legs but out." Their little fists. He starts shaking his little fists. These little fists they can't do any damage, so don't worry about those. Yeah, <laughs> like, but, but then in the end, he goes, "He's got his eye he covered." Scratched his eye. He goes, "Yeah, because he scratched my." Eye. And people in the comments are actually like, "Good, yeah, I hope you go stupid. blind." He goes, "I was kidding." You realize yeah. it? It's a bit. It's funny. Yeah. So anyway, he started a group called the Proud Boys, um, and it's basically Racists. yeah, it's basically an answer to the fact that he kind of laments that. Um, all these men's groups have kind of gone um, by the wayside. So like the the Elks Lodge and all those kind of things where guys just get together to be guys and hang out and play poker or smoke and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, Some guy invi- invited his wife and then it was all over. <laughs> so, yeah. So he, he said he wanted to kind of start that up again. He, he wanted to kind of get these, um, these kind of male bonding things going again. So he started something and he's, I think he called it Proud Boys as a Joke. Uh, it's based on like a like a song or something like like a, like a show tune or something. I can't remember exactly, but it's like a jokey kind of thing. And um, they had all these kind of like goofy rituals, like uh, Freemason kind of rituals, but they're just dumb to get you know yeah. into the group. Like uh, you have to get beat up while you're naming five cereals or something like that. Just something st- <laughs> you know, it's just, just being goofy. Yeah, being just being, being um, adolescent. Kind it's of, also tongue in cheek. It's yeah. But it's also kind of has a, a meaning too of, of that kind of like, yeah, men need to bond with other men and do masculine things. And, you know, you go out and, you know, away from the ladies, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but what they kind of evolved into was they would show up at a lot of these street protests where like the, um, what's the Antifa, what's the other side though? The, there's all oh, the Patriot prayer, pa- people? Patriot, Patriot prayer would show up, um, with a, with a, um, rally for Trump or a rally for something. And then they would refuse to engage and they'd actually, Antifa would show up at some of these places and beat these guys and a lot. And they weren't really all that organized. The Patriot prayer guys, as far as uh, well, Patriot prayer is fairly, fairly pacifistic. Yeah, they they are. They, they don't, I think the leader says they were not going to fight back. So yeah, I was like, forget that, you know, we'll show up at these and we're not going to look for trouble. We're not going to start fights, but we'll defend these guys. And they did. And they were pretty good at it. (laughs) So there's a lot of, uh, videos of these antifa getting their asses handed to them by these guys they're not the the proud boys didn't start it but a lot of times they finished it um but as any of these things get get um presented in the media they got presented as white nationalists even though they're like a lot of hispanics a lot of blacks that antifa was saving us from yeah yeah so antifa was was stopping these evil white nationalists and and nazis and you know, it's, it's basically bullshit. And but I think I, what I heard was that the FBI now is, has considered that the Proud Boys is a domestic terrorist group. I don't know if they're actually specifically domestic terrorists, but they're associated as, you know, having ties to white nationalism, Nazis and all that, which they they don't. You know, actually, Gavin McGinnis has been criticized by a lot of the more right leaning or the alt right saying, yeah, you're you're not you're not you're too wussy. You're too uh, too cucked. Is what they call him, you know that kind of thing. So he he's done quite a bit to the distance himself. Say, I the the alt right doesn't like me. I'm not alt right. We're not racist. We're not we're not homophobic. We're not any of that. And uh, but he finally had to step down because it was just getting to the point where it, the having a head had a, having a figurehead puts you in all kinds of trouble where you can be considered a gang or something. So when it comes to prosecutions against these guys, when they do fight Antifa. Having him having a head means that you're a gang or you can be considered a gang or group when it comes to the authorities. And so he wants to, he said, I don't know if he said this, but I heard that part of it is that he wants to make it more of a uh, a group by group uh, cell system like they do with, with Antifa where you're, you don't have this organizational thing that you can claim, oh yeah, we're going to bust these guys based on you know all these uh, gang statutes, anti-gang activity. Well, the Proud Boys did start wearing uniforms. So yeah, they, the, what's the one Fred Perry shirts, which yeah. are these polo shirts with, that, know, I mean, uniform part, in the sense part of that, all, part of that is, I think is just to differentiate between who's a good guy and who's a bad guy in these street brawls. Who's, who's your friend and who's not because, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't help their cause. But the big thing I think yeah. he said was something like 
someone should go there and punch these people in the mouth, which I don't necessarily disagree with. I think somebody should mm-hmm. punch Antifa in the mouth. But well, uh, he's done it himself. Oh, he's, he did. He, the Gavin McGinnis has gotten into fights and fist fights. Hmm. He got he got maced. Uh, he punched some guy in the face that he was trying to go to one of these events, and the guy got in his face, and he just decked him. Hmm. The guy got in his face. He, he's not. He practices what he preaches. Well, so and Rogan made a point about this. He said the problem with a movement like that is, no matter how small it is, sooner or later you get some crazy motherfucker yeah. in there. Oh yeah, and everybody gets associated get with, that with that person, yeah. which is yeah, and I think that that's bullshit. I think that's part of what the problem was. So yeah, that's it sucks because I think what he was doing was actually a good idea, and I think it was uh, it, the intentions behind it were good. And like you said, you get an organization that gets big enough, you're going to get bad apples in it. But the way the media runs right now, um, and and politics in general right now, is you, you just can't you can't do it because it's going you're going to get painted a certain way, and it's going to be hard to get out from under that rock. What's the other patriot group? Patriot something? They show up. They actually show up armed. Yeah. Yeah. And they say they're strict constitutionalists and stuff. So the Maxine Waters had the had the rally at her office. Yeah, I can't remember. And she heard that these guys might show up. So she was calling out a bunch of her people and the cops got a hold of these guys, whatever patriot group that was. And they said, um, you might want to think twice about this. And they said, OK, cool. Yeah. We won't show up. You couldn't do that with Antifa. No, you couldn't because, say to them, don't show because up. Because these guys, the Proud Boys and these Patriot Prayer... They aren't the ones that are fighting police. They're not the ones that are throwing bricks at police or water bottle or bottles full of piss and shit. They're not the ones that are instigating the fights. They're not the ones starting like macing. It is always the Antifa that starts these fights. We're not talking about just mace though. I mean, they're using bear spray at these things. Yeah, the yeah, that's pretty that dangerous stuff. Nasty shit. So anyway. All right. All right. Well, if you want to get a hold of us, Rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. And I swear Twitter is going to be up and running in just a matter of days now. Yeah, sure. With with, with Rooster just tweeting, tweeting up a storm. Oh, yeah. But anyway, check us out on Facebook, breadandcircusespodcast.com. All right. See you. Bye.